Welcome back to your haunted holiday. This is Lisa. And this is Lindsay. And today, Lindsay, we are going to Virginia to a very old house that is pretty notoriously haunted in that area. Okay. I have no idea where we're going exactly, what the place is, but I feel like, you know, Virginia, lots of things occurred there. Civil War. Yes. And revolution. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so much history in Virginia, obviously. And I just kind of happened across this place. And they say there are no less than 11 ghosts at this place. This is your haunted holiday at the Fairy Plantation House in Virginia Beach, Virginia. So the history of this place and the haunting, Lindsay, really goes before the house was even built. And that happens a lot, I think, at these locations. I mean, this house is old. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of stuff that happened before it was even a home or a plantation. And it goes back hundreds of years, really, to what they say um, are the Chesapeake Native Americans that lived on this land. It was considered their hunting grounds. You know, to this day, if you're just kind of like, let's say you're gardening or something like that, people find arrowheads and all kinds of other objects from the Native Americans just, you know, in the ground in their backyard or, you know, wherever. Now, the those Native Americans were eventually wiped out around the 1600s as they started kind of developing the area they do say that there was some evidence that maybe there was a Native American burial ground in the vicinity not necessarily like right where the house is at today but in kind of the the general area yeah, I mean, it, I guess it could make sense. I know I'm always kind of joking and, and skeptical about Native American burial grounds because it's a lot of times more of an urban legend than it's probably true. But it sounds like in this case, they actually have a real history where they can show that they were using the land, you know, and they, they were actually physically there. Now, whether they used it for a burial ground, you know, hard to say, but there's history on the land itself. It would make sense that you know, ghosts don't just have to stick to a building. Uh, totally. And the reality is, yes, Native American burial ground, a lot of times that sounds like, oh, okay, sure, that's, you know, why it's haunted. But those are real things, you know, yeah. they did have burial grounds. So that is something to consider when we're talking about this place. The other thing that this land was really known for, and the reason it is called the Fairy Plantation House, is because it was right by the ocean. There is a ferry service that started up there in like the 1600s, where ships would be coming in and going to, to different locations. So it was really well known for that and why the city started to grow. Now, in 1735 is when the first portion of this house was built, and it was essentially used as a county courthouse before it was even a home. And before even the brick portion of this was built in 1735, apparently there was kind of like a timber structure that was also used as a courthouse. And the reason I say that is because 
There was a very notorious case back in those days, in the early 1700s, and a story that is very much tied to this location. And this is the story of what they say is the Witch of Pungo. Okay. I don't know what it was, but I just had a feeling you were going to say a witch or something like that. I, I don't know why, but I just I felt it coming. Well, and this is actually the only person ever convicted in the state of Virginia of witchcraft. And as we know, like this was probably a bunch of nonsense, right? The poor woman who is known today as the Witch of Pungo's name is Grace Sherwood. And she was considered kind of an oddball. She preferred to wear pants over skirts. So again, I'm certainly a witch, right? Like, I mean, I would have been a witch back then, I suppose. But she was blamed for everything because she was kind of odd. Like, anytime they'd have you know, a a crop go bad. It was like, oh man, that lady's a witch. And eventually it turned into, you know, this one lady had a miscarriage and blamed her for this miscarriage. Oh, no. So I laughed when you said, when you did the impression of, you know, their crop goes bad and they say, oh, that lady, (laughs) the way you said it kind of cracked me up. I mean, can you even imagine like being the person in the town that everyone blames for all their problems? Like what a nightmare. Yeah, it's definitely time to move if you can. But unfortunately, Grace probably could not. And it gets worse, Lindsay. So essentially what happens, they decide to do what they call a trial by water so i think of game of thrones where they're like trial by combat Mm -hmm. in this case it's trial by water because the theory is that witches can't drown it's impossible so they toss this poor woman into this river and of course she kind of bobs up for air to breathe And she proceeds to get seized by this mob of people, you know, I'm sure screaming at her, claiming that she's definitely a witch and she's found guilty. And this is in 1706. And all of this really happened just right around this property. She was incarcerated for seven years. Lindsay. And mm-hmm. I mean, think of the prisons today. I mean, the conditions are horrible. Imagine the conditions in 1706. I can't imagine they were better. I yeah. No. Think about think about two of the the jails we recently covered. We covered uh the Squirrel Cage jail. We also just recently covered the uh old jail in St. Augustine. All of those are horrible and those were open in the late 1890s horrible conditions can you imagine this early 1700s yeah you're right it probably not great no absolutely terrible so this all really happened here she was incarcerated right around where this house was built on this land she did eventually get her freedom and was able to kind of live out her life but all of those years even after you know her sentence people still thought she was a witch so i'm i'm confident her life was not a happy one during that time frame and only recently have people come out and said she clearly was not a witch and unfortunately she never got to see that day wow like what a and you know but wow like she just you know her life was cursed with 
these people that weren't able to use their critical thinking skills. You know, although, you know, you think, you know, we weren't living back then, but, you know, so we can point our finger at people from the early 1700s and say, gosh, they're so terrible. I mean, it's hard to say what we would have been like back then, right? We probably would have been the people accused, like you said, of being a witch. But I mean, you just don't know, right? Like everyone back then just thought these stupid things. You know, we've progressed so far. Thank goodness. Thank goodness, because we certainly would have been burnt at the stake. I mean, we have a podcast about paranormal stuff. So our we minds wouldn't... obviously are a little different than probably a lot of people's. <laughs> that could be. So, unfortunately, that happened, but it is, of course, spoiler alert, going to be a key part of the haunting. Now, eventually, they decided to grow the property a little bit. It was this courthouse. That's the first section, the oldest portion. And then in 1830, they decided to go ahead and build it and make it the plantation that you see today, which is a brick structure. Now, keeping in mind, this is the 1830s. This is Virginia in the south. The house was primarily constructed by slaves at that time. And there was many slaves that built the same house that they ended up being essentially held in and and working in for the vast majority of their life. So although I don't have, you know, some very specific stories about what happened to these slaves while they were living here, I mean, I think we can all kind of put connect the dots that occurred here right i mean from what we know i mean very likely there was violence very likely terrible conditions all which could potentially lead to some hauntings i mean we've definitely seen that in other locations that we've covered where uh, slavery was part of the history right tragic circumstances just all around and there's there's more potential for hauntings in these circumstances Definitely. So we have that piece of it. And then, you know, there are a few stories of death here. Now, I'm actually confident more people have died than just what I'm getting ready to name. These are kind of the known people over the years that they're, they know for a fact actually passed away in the home. So apparently there is a woman. I don't, I'm not sure who this woman is, but they say that there is a woman who at one point was in the house fell down the stairs and broke her neck. Ooh. And these are the original stairs that are still there today. Correct. In fact, like the floors are original from like the 1800s, even today. It's, It's a very historic place. Now there's also two children that we know passed away here. One was a young boy named Eric and supposedly he fell from kind of a low window actually not like super high up but it's where they say the conference room is today and then there was a little girl here who died around the age of five but we don't really know how she died we just know that she passed away in the home and in fact to this day there is a picture of this little girl her name is bessie in the house on display and what's really creepy about this photo is it's actually it looks like she's just like awake sitting in a chair looking at the camera she's actually dead in that photo they that was something that they did back in the day I guess because photos were kind of expensive and so once somebody passed away they would kind of like pose their body almost like they were alive 
and take a picture of them. So if you go to this place and you're looking through the photos and you see the picture of Bessie, the little girl sitting up in the chair, she's actually passed away in that photo. Very, very creepy. I guess they spend the extra money for the photo when that's the last opportunity to get one. Right. And think about it. Back in these times when somebody passed away, they would usually keep the body in the house for a while, right? Like, you know, sitting there for people to approach and mourn before they were actually buried. So most of these people that died, they were kind of held in like the front room, like a lot of these older homes that we've talked about in our episodes. So over the years, the house has traded hands. It's gone through times where it was unoccupied. In the 90s, it was actually purchased by the city of Virginia Beach and made a historic place. And today it's actually run by volunteers. That's the only reason this place is still going is they have turned it into a museum and they have unpaid volunteers that go in, keep the place up, do tours, do maintenance, and that kind of thing. So anytime you go to this place, it is going towards the maintenance of this historic location. Oh, see, that's that's awesome. I mean, I think we love good historic places. Like, you hate to see them lose their character and then even, like, potentially get torn down to be built into something else, right? Like... You know, who wants that? I think the history is important. I think, and older buildings are kind of cool if you can restore them, right? And they do have some really cool stuff here. One thing that I saw on a video is they actually have a piano that apparently Thomas Jefferson, he's from Virginia, played at this house. And like his fingers were actually on those piano keys, which I think is cool. But all I could think about, I saw... I went to the Broadway show Hamilton this weekend Mm -hmm. and all I can picture is the way Thomas Jefferson in that that show is like jumping around and I'm like right that's who I pictured playing that piano which is not realistic at all. So so was the piano in the house when Thomas Jefferson was playing it or is it just new to the house? I don't know. I was wondering the exact same thing. I was like, so was he here playing that? Or is that just like a historic piece that they bought and put it in there for the museum purposes? I'm not sure. I bet if you go on the tour, the tour guide will tell you. This is Lisa, and are you ready to embark on the adventure of a lifetime? You've heard me delve into the world of haunted travel, exploring eerie locations, and uncovering spine-chilling tales. And now I'm thrilled to announce the launch of something very special to me, which is my own travel agency, brought to you by Your Haunted Holiday. As our listeners know, I'm not just passionate about haunted travel, I live and breathe it. From researching the most haunted destinations to planning unforgettable journeys, I'm here to make your travel dreams a reality. Whether you're seeking the thrill of a haunted location or craving a getaway to somewhere a little less spine tingling, I've got you covered. And here's the best part, my services are absolutely free. Let me put my travel skills to good use by helping you plan the perfect escape. Simply visit yourhauntedholiday.com and click on the Travel Agency by Lisa link at the top of the page in the menu. So where will your next adventure take you? 
Let's make it a journey you'll never forget. Contact your haunted holiday travel agency today and let's start planning. Your adventure awaits. So, Lindsay, as you can imagine, there are lots of ghosts here. Up to 11, to be exact, is what they think they have encountered at this place. Now, some of the first things that people started noticing that was strange actually happened before it was acquired by the city and was unoccupied. The neighbors would notice that the lights would turn on in the house and nobody was living there, nobody was in the house, but they would see the lights turn on. Well, what's funny is this phenomenon actually occurs to this day and volunteers working there notice it. And what they say themselves is, you know, one of the last things they do when they're closing up and they're wrapping up their tours for the day is the volunteers have to go in and shut off all the lights from all the floors. And so they know for a fact they've done it. It's a task they do every day. And when they come in the next morning, sure enough, lights have been flipped back on. That's so interesting. I mean, obviously it's gotta be older electric, but I mean, it sounds like this place is probably haunted. And so to me, one explanation would certainly be a ghost. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly like electrical issues in older houses, but like if you're flipping the light off, I don't know how you would explain it turning on. I don't, I mean, I'm not an electrician though. Right, I mean, I I have no idea about any of these things, right? But, you know, I'd like to think it's a ghost. Yes, I, I mean, could be. Now, the other thing that people noticed outside the home were actually balls of light that are described as kind of like dancing around the roof. That's really interesting. What that could be, I don't know, maybe like orbs or, you know, some form of energy that's, you know, coming from the location, but different than what we hear at a lot of these different places. Well, I do think, I mean, to me, most of the time that you capture orbs, it's typically in a photo. Um, And I really believe that the vast majority of these are going to be dust or bugs um, or reflections, you know, something that's explainable in most of them. That's that's almost all the time. But, you know, it's really interesting if people see this and this is a phenomenon that's seen more than just a few times. Right. Like if it's a regular occurrence, they're seeing light kind of moving through the sky right around that house that's that's highly unusual right like that could be legitimate because i do think that there are some spirits they carry energy with them and some of them can be in the form of light and that's why i think orbs is a real phenomenon i don't think it's as common as what we maybe think it is though i agree and i think the big difference is do you see it with your naked eye or is it just the flash on your camera reflecting off of dust or whatever it is right Yeah, exactly. Now, the other thing that is much more common in these places is, of course, children noises. So we talked about the two kids that we know that passed away, Eric and Bessie. They are apparently very active in this house, specifically in the conference room area where they think Eric actually fell from the window. And you can hear little kids' voices kind of talking, sounds like maybe they're playing and if you bring a toy into this room like maybe a ball or something like that 
apparently the kids will interact with it and maybe move the toy around the room. So if you're going here to do an investigation, definitely bring something that might interest them. You know, that something that may be a little bit different than what they've seen before. Mm-hmm. No, that's a great idea. I love that. And I love that they have a specific location within the conference room that's the most active with those kids. Yes. Now, objects, not just toys, but objects in general do move here. There are times where volunteers know that a certain thing has been placed where it always is. And then when they come back in the next day, it is moved across the room or something like that. So that's something that's encountered here pretty often. There's also quite a few apparitions that you want to look for. And you mentioned photos, right? Things seen in photos. There is a lot of ghosts picked up in photos here that are pretty intriguing. There's one that looks almost like a like a little girl in a photo. There's another that's a, more famous and they have these images there, kind of like blown up in pictures for people that are taking the tours to go see. But it looks like a woman in a blue dress that is pregnant. And they say that one of the wives that was living there at the time found out that her husband had passed away during, um, I think it was the Revolutionary War, and she was pregnant at the time. And so they think maybe that's just like her image. There was a lot of emotion at that time in her life that's kind of repeating itself looking out that window. Exactly. I mean, I think even if someone didn't die there, a lot of times I think an impression can be left with just energy. You know, if there seems to be a lot, like you said, emotion, I think is is big, right? That's that's really interesting. Yep. Now, the other apparition you want to look for is definitely what sounds to be residual energy. And this is what they describe as a lady in white. And remember I told you about the person that they said fell down the stairs and broke their neck. Mm -hmm. Apparently, you can see this happening. Like, it looks clear as day. You see a woman in a white dress tumble down the stairs and break her neck and disappear. Oh, my goodness. That's so interesting. Like, I... (laughs) This is going to sound crazy, but this is my thought. I was thinking, how come we can't have that kind of residual haunting, like a tape recording over playing over and over again in some of these mysteries where it's like, did they get pushed? Did they fall? Like, we need you to come on back because, you know, there's been some interesting mysteries out there, but I could see how this would be a highly unusual haunting. Really cool, though. I love that. I I mean, it's, t- it's sad. She died this way, but really interesting that this left an impression left a mark on the house that just replays itself i find residual hauntings just to be super fascinating and and why that energy stayed there with probably no intelligent haunt behind it is just like i don't know i want to know why why that occurs it is very interesting and i think it's just totally different than an intelligent haunting right Mm -hmm. like could be totally different reasons things happening in the universe who knows Now, the other really coveted sighting that people just really want to see when they go here is Grace Sherwood, the Witch of Punko. She is apparently seen sometimes kind of walking around the house. I don't think she's been seen inside. So even if you're driving by, you happen to be in Virginia Beach, but you're not able to stop, you can always drive by the house and maybe you'll catch this woman. There are pictures of her out there. If you want to look that up ahead of time to kind of get an idea of what you're actually looking for. 
Interesting. I wonder if the family who lived there in like the 1800s and, and even anyone who lived there on that property after the uh, the lady who was supposedly a witch, right, uh, passed away. I wonder if any of them saw this haunting or experienced it. I don't know. That's a great question. I'd be really curious because sometimes we do hear those things like mm-hmm. Whaley House, those reports of hauntings go back so, so long. Not a whole lot out there about how long the hauntings go back here. So, hard to say. Now, there's one other apparition that I am going to talk about that is maybe the most active here. And this is actually a, a slave named Henry that they say lived his entire life here at this plantation. And, you know, the first time they really saw Henry, he was seen walking up the stairs kneeling in front of a wall appearing to do some sort of task would be there for a couple minutes and then walk back down the stairs into the basement they had no idea why he was doing this then several years later they started to renovate and they found a fireplace behind that wall where he would come up and kneel in front of and do something. So it sounds like he was maybe lighting that fireplace as part of kind of like his daily work that he would do. But that could be explained as residual because when I hear that, I think, well, that's definitely like a residual haunt, right? Mm -hmm. However, he appears to actually be highly intelligent he's very talkative in evps you'll hear his name being said he will talk through and sometimes give people clues about his life that's how they really determined it was henry somebody that is documented as being a slave here at this plantation and in fact when one of the volunteers was kind of like scraping up paint doing some work They even found an H like on the door, kind of like carved in under all the layers of paint, just outside the room where they think he actually lived in there. Wow. That's really kind of cool that they've put all this together and they found someone that actually is documented as being there back in the day. It's kind of sad though that like Henry lived his entire life enslaved at this plantation and he's still there. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that's awful. Like, it sounds like he probably never got an opportunity to really live his life. Like yeah. most slaves, right? I mean, yep. terrible, terrible history. I agree. Um, but he does seem to want to protect this property, according to some people. So pretty active, pretty talkative. If you're somebody who's aggravating him, intentionally pushing his buttons, he may, like, actually get physical with you so that's not something we do personally we're not there to aggravate ghosts but of course some people do and they may actually get like their hair pulled for example and they think that is henry that is doing that well gosh i mean who can blame them like somebody's going in and antagonizing me where i live and i'm still there i mean i don't know um, but yeah, Lisa's right. We don't typically go. We, we never go in and do anything like that. And anytime we go ghost hunt, we always show respect for the people that are there because guess what? They're just they're just human beings that used to live there or have some sort of connection. So, yeah, we, we certainly do not make any attempts. Uh, well, let me say this. I think our hair being pulled is very low. We have very low odds of something like that occurring. 
All right, so if you want to go to the Fairy Plantation House, again, remember, if you go here, it's run by volunteers. All of the proceeds go to maintaining this historic site for other people to go to for years and years to come. None of the volunteers are paid. They are literally just volunteering their time to keep this property up and, and do tours. So there's a couple different options for you. If you go to the website, you are able to book a one hour tour. And it's essentially like $10 a person in order to do this. So the way they kind of sell the tickets is it's like the first one is for two people, it's $20. Or you could do three people for $30. So it's really just $10 a person for a one hour tour. And again, you never know. You might be able to experience something mm-hmm. over the course of a one-hour tour in this place. But not only is it haunted, it is a museum. There's lots of interesting things in here to see. The second option that I think our listeners may be more interested in is the investigation experience. And they do offer overnight investigations where you can essentially rent the place. They recommend you bring your own equipment. However, They will actually loan you some equipment if you don't have any. But this is really reasonable. It is $250 for up to 12 people. What? For how long? I could not find that information on their website. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, Virginia Beach, like, shoot. Um, I think that this would be a real viable place for us to go. It sounds super haunted, too. It sounds like there's a real potential for activity. Yes, totally. And I mean, Virginia Beach, I would think would be kind of a good vacation destination too. So like, if you're heading out to the beach, trying to get some sun, 250 bucks, like bring your whole family, some friends, like, (laughs) let's investigate this place. Bring everybody, bring up to 12 people. Split the cost. I mean, what is that for 12 people if you actually got 12 people to go? Right. It's it's super cheap. Yeah. That, I mean, that's very reasonable. I wonder how long of an opportunity, but I mean, like, let's say it's even an hour and you get enough people to split the cost. That's worth it. I'm sure it's more than an hour since it's an investigation. It's likely significantly more than that. But I mean, you know, we've seen variations uh, of different locations. Like we only got two hours in St. Augustine at the lighthouse, but that's a notoriously haunted location. Uh, most places offer like two hours or more. Yes. Well, this place sounds really cool. I would love to go up to Virginia Beach and go investigate this place. I, I want to go see the lady, uh, the poor lady who was just antagonized for her entire life, it seems like, thinking she was a witch. But it seems like there's lots of full body apparitions, sounds like EVPs, potentially getting, you know, touched by a spirit. I mean, it sounds like lots of activity, which is awesome. But we want to thank everyone for uh, listening to the show. We want to wish everyone a very happy Thanksgiving for all of our U.S. listeners that are going to be celebrating the holiday this upcoming week. Make sure if you're enjoying the show to leave us five stars if you listen to us on Apple. Let's other people know we're worth listening to. It means a lot to us. We so appreciate your reviews. Also, find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Have a great week and thanks for listening. Stay safe and healthy, everybody. Bye.